0: Ever dreamt of quitting your job and traveling the world? Like most people, we did too, and even tried it out. We're sharing our journey with a podcast and a blog. Welcome to Live Let Roam, a travel podcast. I'm Christy.
1: And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience.
0: Welcome to episode 21 of Live, Let, Rome. In this episode, we'll be discussing our visit to Bruno, Czech Republic.
1: Huh? What you talking about, Christy? Bruno? <laughs> Isn't that a movie starring Sasha Baron-Cones?
0: Uh, it is, but that's not what we're talking about. So where, what, why, we'll get to answering those questions.
1: We invite you to learn about the lesser known destination and why it's worth visiting again and again.
0: Let's talk about the why first.
1: Sure. We were in Sofia, Bulgaria, and we wanted to go to Prague. Well, normally discount airlines are convenient and that's good, but the options weren't great and it was a little more expensive than we thought. There is Flixbus, which travels between Sofia and Vienna for about $10-$12 one way, and that's what we decided to do. We looked between Vienna and Prague and we found Bruno, which also happened to have a, a spa that we wanted to see. So it just made sense to go to a lesser-known, out-of-the-way space, Bruno.
0: Bruno would talk about the cost savings in terms of using the bus system. There are a lot of cheap flights that you can take within Europe, but here is the perfect opportunity where the bus systems give you saving a couple extra dollars. Other thing I wanted to mention is some older folks might think of Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia is a total separate thing that was... The 1989. 1989. After 1989.
1: The communist fall.
0: Communist fall. And the two names it goes by is Czechia and the Czech Republic. Both are acceptable, but just don't say Chechnya. Yeah. Where are we? The Czech Republic sits in the center of Europe like a donut hole surrounded by many other countries. Those countries? Germany, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, and Austria. The city of Brno is in the southeastern side of the country and about one and a half hours or 84 miles north of Vienna, Austria.
1: Population. Brno is the second largest city in the Czech Republic sitting at 379,000 residents which is equivalent to the U.S. city of New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: Time for some quick facts. Bruno is the former capital city of Moravia. Moravia was one of the five lands of Czechoslovakia founded in 1918.
1: Bruno's name origin is debated, either an old Slavic verb, to armor or to fortify, or an old Czech word, muddy swamp, or derived from a Celtic word meaning hill
0: bruno is famous for its exhibition center founded in 1928 the largest in europe it has an exhibition area of over 1.35 million square feet which is about the combined gallery space of the louvre in paris and the prado in madrid
1: the legend of the bruno dragon the legend tells the story of a terrible creature terrorizing the citizens of bruno the people never seeing such a creature before called it a dragon They lived in fear of the dragon until the brave man managed to kill the monster by tricking it into eating the carcass filled with lime.
0: Well, it turns out that the dragon was a crocodile, and the preserved body of this feared dragon, the Bruno Dragon, is displayed at the entrance of the old town hall. How to get around. Bruno had one of the most accessible transit systems we come across from our travels. They have an integrated system of trams, buses, and trains, and the tickets are based on the amount of time traveling. We got the details from our host. You can use contactless credit cards, and it makes traveling super easy. There's no need to purchase any additional city cards.
1: We love walking, and there's lots to see and do within walking distance, but Bruno does have many hills, so you'll want to take a tram from time to time to other interesting areas like the planetarium, the local pool, or the spa.
0: It was also really hot at that time. Super
1: hot, in the 90s. The
0: walking maybe (laughs) wasn't so much funner in the 90 degree heat. Yeah,
1: the air-conditioned trams are way, way to go, and they're very affordable and convenient. Yeah, take them. we stayed in for how long? Bruno was the second time we chose to stay in a private room. We'd figured we'd save some money and buck it up since we were only there for a few days and we wanted to be closer to the downtown. We were in Bruno for five days, four nights, and paid $35 for a private room in an apartment within walking distance to many of the sites and great restaurants.
0: Okay, our hosts. Now, typically on these Episodes we don't discuss our hosts or where we stayed because it's really about the location. Here, it was just such a unique and interesting experience that we had to mention it. So what I can give a description of our host was an eccentric conspiracy theorist scientist married to a hardworking, smart Vietnamese wife with two adorable kids.
1: Uh, you think that that, fits pretty accurate yeah pretty unique unique scenario unique personality yeah to say the least
0: yeah and when i say conspiracy theorists it was literally in the walkthrough of a here's your room here's the kitchen we have some tea and let's talk about the vaccine conspiracy and i was like what full
1: spectrum lighting and how it cures everything And it was just, yeah, it was all over the place. Yeah.
0: So it's fun. (laughs) The hosts were very welcoming. So what I want to say is that they were very welcoming and respectful of space and communication style. So if you wanted to gauge their conversation, that was something they also talked about is we base our conversation is if you want to engage with us, we love talking to new people. If you want to be by yourself, no problem. And the kids did the same. I found that kids were extremely entertaining. They were at that perfect age of like, I would say probably like 8 and 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where they were very interested and they're playing pretend and we can have like little moments with them. And they were very sweet.
1: Yeah, I think it was just the situation was sometimes you don't want to engage so much in conversation. And you we were forced to have conversation essentially. We were kind of cornered and... Asking all these questions around different topics that were a little bit uncomfortable.
0: Well, I think part of it is once you went down the rabbit hole, you got probably.
1: (laughs) There's no end.
0: (laughs) You probably got kidnapped further down that rabbit hole. And I was fine with that. I stayed out. I joke with Eric that our Midwest and Northeast styles were different. For me as a Northeasterner, New Yorker, I'd be like, "Mm, OK, I'm going to go take a nap.
1: Well, you don't want to get in an argument, right? You're, you're only there for four or five days night, and, and you might not agree with what someone's saying, so you just nod your head and kind of listen and take it in. But I want to say, what you're saying is crazy, man. But I don't go there, and, you know, we had a great time. I was there to have a good time, and we did. We had a great time at Brito, but this was one for the books. This was a yes,
0: it was that Michigan politeness. <laughs> So the accommodation itself was a little bit strange. We knew it was tiny. What made it a little harder was that there was a heat wave. And this is at this time in July, all of Europe was like boiling. It was like 90 plus degrees. So unless you had like full AC, which is not typical in most European areas, probably more in the States, that you were going to feel the heat one way or the other. But how we did it is we explored the city and there were a lot of different avenues from local parks local pools that we mentioned and of different things that you can beat the heat with yeah
1: fresh, you cherish so get down on it oh it will be too
0: hot. time to talk about our standout moments. Now with Bruno, there was so much to do and see when we were making this list, we can go on and on. And we mentioned we weren't there for that long, but we have a lot to talk about for this short amount of time. The first thing, number one, that stood out for me about Bruno was its art and architecture. When I saw Bruno, I was awestruck. It was like looking at a second Vienna and the secession movement and the Art Nouveau movement is one of my favorite artistic decorative arts times. And this city was like a secret gem. I didn't know that this even existed. The whole city had different Art Nouveau details. And it's probably how we chose our Airbnb because... It was an old Art Nouveau building that was restored, and this building had giant Art Nouveau decorative flowers on the middle parts of the facade between the window pane, and it was stunning.
1: Yeah, and what's great about Bruno is that it was a very walkable city, so you could enjoy the architecture. You could look around while you're walking many parts of the downtown area were closed to traffic so very easy to walk and enjoy the architecture and all the great churches and the facades and the statues I mean it was just full of interesting things
0: The thing is, if you're interested in visiting Vienna, I think Bruno has to be on your list because it's as impressive in terms of architecture. The other thing that we got to do relating to art was, of course, I always hit a couple museums. That's my thing. We found a free museum, the Fashion, Art, and Design Museum, and there was a lot of cool variety of designs. There were some fashion pieces, some glass pieces, to even some furniture pieces, and some classic Art Nouveau posters.
1: Yes, it was very unique and had... Items that you wouldn't expect in a fashion museum. Um, I think computers and phones and all types of unique designs. So if you like design, you like fashion, and it was free. It's
0: must see. Yeah, remember the fashion part and they were on the mannequins, but they were moving yes. like on a runway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you. you we put it on little... Instagram.
1: We have a reel on it. If you want to see it at Live Let Rome on Instagram, it's pretty funny. Yeah,
0: you know, it's pretty interesting. It had a little drama. The other thing that I had to see was the Moravia Gallery. Now, what lured me into this gallery was a giant banner poster of Peter Paul Rubens' piece, uh, Medusa, which is kind of a little macabre, and it's my thing. I kind of love that. It's really dark and gory, and you see the detail of the creatures and bugs. And basically, it's already the chopped-off head of Medusa and outside of all these bugs crawling all around.
1: What was great about these galleries was it was very hot outside. So during the heat of the day, you had to have a plan. And so we purposely went to a few museums. We have another one we'll talk about in a little bit underground. But yes, it was a great way to escape the heat and get some culture.
0: Yeah, and also at this museum, they did have some other secessionist artists, uh, Gustav Klimt and Egon Schiegel drawings, which were really cool to see.
1: So next, we're going to talk about the famous astronomical clock right in the main square of Bruno. And it's a large, black, cylindrical sculpture that tapers to a soft point. Keeping a clean mind, (laughs) think like a bullet. Inside the sculpture hides a clock that at each day at 11 a.m., Bruno's noon, it plays a melody. One of the four holes in the sculpture opens and reveals a glass ball which can be caught and kept. And it was so funny, Christy, watching those people gather around at 11 a.m., waiting for this magical ball to appear out of this like puzzle piece
0: 11. And, I am they were there at like 10 with their yeah. arm in the hole
1: it was so funny so they were waiting there like an hour before this magical ball Ball appears like a marble, and these old people had their hands in the side of the sculpture. The sight was hilarious, and and then it makes a noise, and the thing shifts, and then you hear this ball come out, and it rattles, and someone grabs it, and everyone claps. Afterwards, I went up to one of the guys that had the ball. I said, "Hey, you know, can I look at it? I'm like, what is it? Is this something special?" And he opened his hand, and literally, it was like a two penny marble. I was like, "Is that it?" Like.
0: It was pretty large. I would say it was, it was larger than... It was like a jawbreaker size, I would say. Yeah, but
1: it was like, who cares? Well, yeah. I mean, it was... But it was really like it was like made of gold or something. It was really nothing that special. But it was just... Tradition, I guess, of finding this marble. It was just a big deal. It was more fun watching the people. Let's just put it that way.
0: And it's the idea of only one of these are deposited a day. And I guess during Christmas time, it's like every hour. Like there's other times where you're more likely to see them. You know, it's a great sculpture that creates interest and obviously it seems to be working. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, and there's various other sculptures throughout the city that you can see in front of these museums. Also, I noted uh, there was this cool thing, brass stone set into the ground. And these are meant to memorialize the Romani that were killed during the Holocaust.
1: Yeah. And then there's baby Mozart, too. The baby Mozart with a big, huge head and the small body and wings. He's more like
0: preteen Mozart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that's a must see. You got to go see that one too.
0: And a lot of these things that I found like cool, interesting things to see, I found by going to Atlas Obscura, which kind of gives you an outside view on the weird things that you should be looking at.
1: And then there was a really cool, weird, but unique experience we stumbled on. Christy saw a poster plastered on one of the buildings showing free
0: concerts. Yeah, cool is the word for it. And we saw on a poster that Cool and the Gang was playing, and then in check all that stuff. So basically, I am getting my Google Translate to figure out what is happening. And we find out that there's some festival that's happening to celebrate—I forgot the name—Mendeloff, some scientist, hundred years, and they were celebrating in a concert. When we were talking to our host, they mentioned that during the summer they often have concerts and events and even fireworks.
1: fireworks yeah i think he said nine months out of the year every weekend they do a free concert so it was pretty amazing and we happened to be there when cool and the gang was there which was awesome and it was a free show and we were right there maybe like 15 rows back standing and they put on an awesome show it was like at least 2 hours they played all the hits and that yeah. was really
0: cool. At this time, we've yeah. been traveling for about five months. So a little touch of home and some funk music was just what we needed. And what was so
1: different about this is they were surrounded by this architecture. So Christy mentioned how you know, awe-inspiring this art is and architecture. And they're cool in the gang, which doesn't, you know, it's, it's just an interesting duality, is playing in middle of the square. So it was a cool experience.
0: Some other things that we got to do. We mentioned some local pools and spas. What brought us here was the Infinite Maximus Spa.
1: Yeah, it was one of the main things we'd read about, Bruno. They're known for these spas. And this one was definitely one of the best that we've ever been to.
0: My other name for this spa was called the Naked Spa.
1: <laughs> well, in some areas, <laughs> we're naked. But they had the most... I don't know, like what, 15 different saunas, hot pools, cold pools, nature pools, bars. I mean, it was great. It was really, really nice. Well done. What was so unique, it was like 96 degrees out. And this was like an oasis. It was about 82 degrees. It felt cooler inside the spa because it was so green and lush. So it was an outdoor, indoor spa. You know, how much was it?
0: It was, so the Infinite Maximus Spa, it was 15 minutes drive outside the city, but you can get there taking the public transport. That takes a little bit longer. It's about 50 minutes. Eric mentioned the multiple saunas and thermal pools. It came recommended by our host, who did warn us of the nudity. Well, Uh,
1: to be fair, it's one pool that you have to be nude if you want to bathe in it.
0: No, so the deal was in the saunas? And in the cooling pools, you had to be nude.
1: Oh, that's right. You had to set on a towel. That's right. Yes. And then you wrapped the towel around you. Yeah, so you, was- were given,
0: <laughs> you were given a crisp white sheet and a towel right. to have. You were really like as God made you in some of these cooling pools. But it was...
1: This place is spotless. I mean, it is super clean. They're they're fastidious around the cleanliness and the area. It was really great. And it was so relaxing. Like you walk out of here, it was like we were there for like three, four hours. I mean, you were just, you were in a great mood. You felt good. A must see.
0: Yeah. In Europe, when you're doing spas, they do it like no other. I feel like something like that here would be so like restrained that it would be too stressed out. And that's something that I really liked about there. People are very respectful. Nobody cares about what you look like or whatever you're doing. You're being respectful. You melt into this space and you don't even feel judged. The cost was about $42.50 for two people for four hours. Yeah,
1: this was a bargain and, and a memorable bargain. So it was great. So next up, let's talk about the food in Bruno. So you would not think Czech Republic and you would think Vietnamese food, but... Actually, there's a very large Vietnamese population in Bruno, and they bring out some excellent food. We ate fantastic spring rolls and pha, the beef noodle soup, and different dishes that were great all over the place. In fact, our hosts actually ran a spring roll window that you could walk up and just get a spring roll any time of the day, which, which they were very good.
0: Yeah, we even said we had, I had mentioned to her, I'm like, oh, it's really a thing here. And she's like, oh, I guess so. She's like, there's like five restaurants within like a mile. She's like, oh, I never realized that. But it's absolutely delicious. And it's so good in the midst of a 90 degree day, you want to get a nice steaming pot of soup. That's how good it was. And most
1: of the restaurants did have outdoor dining. And we sat out on patios. We didn't cook once in Bruno. I think maybe at breakfast we had bread and coffee one morning. We basically went out for all meals because it was pretty affordable, very tasty. Beyond the Vietnamese food that was very authentic and very good, the local style Czech food was also really nice. And I I had reservations because the first time I was in Czech Republic was in the late 90s and it was just post-communism. Communism was like, just fell like 10 years prior and the food was terrible in my opinion. But This time, the Czech food has really upped its game. It was roast confit duck with bread dumplings or these pancakes, red cabbage braised with apples. Absolutely very heavy. I mean, you could have one meal a day and it would carry you through the day, but it was very tasty. And the beer, really some of the best beer on the trip. First of all, beer is cheaper than water, if you can imagine that. So a beer is like $1.50 or 2 And water, I saw designer water, like $3. You know, no, so it's like,
0: regular water was, was
1: like, yeah, like about $3. Yeah, $3. So you might as well get the beer. Czech beer is really nice. It's their standard Pilsner, but it's like a little bit creamy. It just goes down really good. On a, on a hot day, the cold beer really goes down nice.
0: And last but not least, or at least for me, I always like to find something a little weird. And thanks to Atlas Obscura, I did find the Ossuary Catacombs. Now, I had visited the catacombs in Paris when I was a teenager, 16 years old. And I was like into it. Oh my God, it was so cool. This place, what I realized was that it was second in Europe after Paris. And it was only found in 2001. The bones here were due to the cholera and plague. And it was kind of eerie. They were estimating anywhere from 50,000 to 100,000 bones or folks buried. And it's a very tight space. So you're not like walking through as in depth as you are in the Paris catacombs. It's a little nook, but it's pretty cool to see. Yeah,
1: you have to go see the catacombs. You're right in the middle of the city, which is downtown. And they open a door and you walk down this tunnel. And then you're, boom, you're around all these bones, essentially. They're organized very uniquely and in a pattern. It was cool to see, and it was very cool on a very hot day, again.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's underground, so anything underground in a 90-degree day was a little bit more refreshing. I know, even though that's weird to say when you're amidst all these bones.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. It was peaceful in a strange way.
0: Anything that I missed that you want to mention?
1: Yeah, so when we first arrived, our host recommended this public pool, which was on the top of a hill. And it was about 10 minutes by tram and then a walk up the hill. And we actually went there twice. One time we swam, one time we just walked up there to check it out. I really liked it. The, uh, the public pool was... Nice, it was very green, they had a park and then a pool. It was just a few dollars to get in, and you really felt like you had a an experience, a local experience there just splashing around. And of course it was very hot, so the water felt great. And then nearby there was a astrological museum that had photographs of galaxies and stars again in a basement. We have some pictures with us standing in front of these galaxies and the history of astrological science. Now a lot of it was in Czech, so You just experience the pictures. I liked it a lot, and it was different.
0: Yeah, it was a nice Insta photo shoot place because they had these large projections of the web telescope of space, so you can get all these dramatic pictures of these... Supernovas.
1: Yeah, and the experience of actually getting to this pool and the museum was unique in itself. So you're walking up a hill, it's maybe about a 15 20 minute walk, and they had all these apple trees along this path. And so we'd stop and jump up and grab an apple and eat that. And then I just remember we saw these two girls carrying a champagne bottle and crystal flutes, and they're just like this is everyday life here. They're just pouring, popping a champagne bottle, and just walking by us, just sipping their flutes down this like apple path
0: enjoying their life
1: (laughs) so yeah good good life in bruno
0: it's time for some q a eric what's the most interesting thing you've learned while in or about bruno
1: i would just say the existence of bruno it's a smaller lesser known city between prague and vienna in my opinion, it's a must-visit.
0: For me, I think of its connection to the secessionist movement in Vienna. I was very aware of the influence of the Viennese and uh, the art movement there, but how much that was shared into this second city, as you want to call it. And you can really see that visible influence throughout the city.
1: So would you plan to return? And if yes, what else would you like to do or see?
0: Yes, absolutely I would return, but in better accommodations. The city had so much to offer and that's something that I wasn't aware of and we were there for such a short time it was trying to squeeze everything in plus 90 plus degree heat. It was a little bit too much at once but very vibrant city and there's a lot more museums and even an underground labyrinth that was closed at the time that I still would like to see and of course, her return to the infinite spa where there's some nakedness, not tons. <laughs> I call it the naked spa, even though it's not completely nude. I like it that way.
1: Yeah, it was, it was cool. Uh, yes, I would also return to Bruno. I would recommend visiting it potentially in September, October. At least that's when I would like to go back. I'm thinking the temperature would be a little less heat and also the rooms would be a little more affordable. So that would be nice. Check out, see when those concerts are happening. Check out, see when the spa is open or closed. But yes, definitely, we will be back.
0: Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? Look closer at those obscure opportunities like smaller, lesser known locations. They may deliver way more than you ever expected. Now, if the accommodation is not five stars, make the best of it by staying open-minded and use this city as your home base.
1: Get out and see all the arts and culture Bruno has to offer. You will not be disappointed.
0: Don't forget to look up free stuff to do in the city you may be visiting. Keep watch for local signs and events posted. You might even find a cool and the Gang concert there.
1: Try the Vietnamese food in Bruno. It was fantastic. Next city or country, Prague, Czech Republic. Remember, our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So what are you waiting for?
0: Thank you for tuning in to Live, Let Rome. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome.
1: Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or to share your travel adventures.
0: So until next time, get out and roam.